Hi, this is Dave Coulier, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Okay, let's rewind. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Tim Harmston. I was a thing in Chicago with my family, and they were like, they were like, you're the the happiest on stage when you're talking about sports and doing your sports jokes. And I thought that was a really interesting observation. Talked to Tim, of course, about football, but he also talked about some other things as well. Always a good chat with Tim. We've got a song of the week coming up from The Voids. We're going to listen to that at the end of the show. But first, as always, a dumb bit. Hey, what do you know? It's a dumb bit not about politics. It's going to be about entertainment this week, specifically pop music. I was listening to NPR this week and uh, just driving around, and well, I heard this. Next up, our series American Anthem. We're going to take you way back to 1999. The place, Atlanta. The song, No Scrubs. The group, TLC. All you need is that riff to know that that is No Scrubs, a song uniting women, declaring no to disrespectful men. Wait, what? Did you ever have somebody explain a song to you, or particularly the songwriter perhaps, and you're like, oh, I thought the song meant something completely different. I'll give you another example. Uh, Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. I always thought it was a song between a guy and a girl, and he was promising to be like her savior. It was a very interpersonal song. And it turns out people were like talking about the song when it came out and became a hit. They were like, oh, it's about televangelists uh, ripping people off. And I'm like, Oh, I guess that works too. But this one was a real shock to me because I remember the song being out. Not a huge TLC fan. Liked Waterfalls a lot. That's a good track. But um, not a huge fan. Do remember this song? But I always thought this song was kind of mean. And I guess I was kind of just zeroed in on that line hanging out the door of his, hanging out the window of his best friend, right? Implying that the best friend was the dude who had the car and had it together and he was the handsome one and the, the scrub was the guy who's, you know, trying. And I, it, it makes sense now when you expand it, the, the scrub is just acting inappropriate no matter what. It doesn't matter if he's, you know, not the. Because if you have two groups of two friends, often one friend is better looking than the other, guys and girls, doesn't matter. And uh, we, speaking of being mean, we used to call that a package deal. If you had the, the one gal was pretty and the other gal wasn't as pretty and you're helping your buddy out, you'd talk to the, her less attractive friend, you know, and uh, mean, admittedly, mean, dicky. Uh, and I thought that's what this kind of was. It's kind of like, well, you'd talk to the guy driving the car, but you want to talk to the dude who's hanging out the car because he doesn't have a car. Now, again, the guy hanging out is acting inappropriate, but then again, the guy driving, I guess, doesn't have to act inappropriate because he gets, he has the car, but you could argue, well, the reason he's got a car and he's got everything together is because, you know, he doesn't have to be like a scrub. So I, I, I get all that, but I just, it, this was kind of a revelation for me that this song was, I guess they were... As is explained in the NPR piece, the song is about any dudes acting inappropriate, not just ones that aren't the attractive half of a duo, and you know, are and are being inappropriate and yelling things and hollering and you know, and you know, twenty years ahead of its time, as it turns out, you know, in the Me Too movement. So good on them for that. That works out for me. But I just, 
I don't know, I just can't get that image out of my head that this is, oh, and well here, the other thing that kind of confused me about it is when they, it wasn't written by TLC, it was written by uh, another girl group, and they sold it to TLC, and one of the reasons they sold it to TLC was, well, because of this. They were confident, bold, independent women. So, but then you're the pretty girl in class making fun of the nerd. And I get it, the nerd's not acting like he's supposed to be acting. And maybe he, you know, he has to learn that you don't, you know, yell at ladies and ask for their number and, and things like that. And I totally get that. But there just seems to be that kind of undertow of meanness. And uh, I don't know. And so last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, Weezer released an album of covers and, of course, uh, I got some of them. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't. I, I didn't like uh, one of the covers particularly. It was, it was okay. It was the only one that actually sounded a lot different than the original. And it happened to be a cover of the tune we are talking about. So I have downloaded it now because now I'm going to get a little extra enjoyment knowing that uh, sort of nerd rockers, you know, King of the Nerd Rockers Weezer kind of had a little fun with this and maybe kind of exacted a little bit of revenge, at least for kind of the mean part of it. I don't know. Discuss. No, I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Tim Harmston is a stand-up comedian originally from Wisconsin, but he kind of got into the comedy scene in Minnesota. His lovely wife is Mary Mack, and here now is our conversation with Tim Harmston. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, good. What's new with you, man? Just, uh, I was just, um, freezing my ass off is what's new with me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was out running around earlier, so I'm glad we, we, um, pushed it back. So, oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. It works out great. So, um, no, I'm, uh, I'm, as always, I'm excited to come back to Acme, do my thing. And, uh, I'm just working on new material as always. And, uh, I just put a album in the can. Uh, that'll be out on stand-up records in a few months. Uh, and uh, so I'm just kind of working on new material. And uh, I'm working on a, uh, I do a humor bit on a Wisconsin public radio um, show called the Big River Radio Wave. And uh, so I've been doing their comedy segments for that. And uh, what else is new? Um just, you know, writing silly sketches with my wife and taping those, and we're always working on scripts and pitch projects together, and uh, I'm touring around doing a lot of shows this winter. It's been really busy, so, so in a nutshell, that's kind of what's new. <laughs> and I thought you guys split your time between California and Minnesota. Yeah, we do. She She does a lot of voiceovers, so we spend a lot of time out in California, and it's it's a pretty even split, I would say. 
So, but are you in Minnesota now? You said you were out freezing. So yeah, I, I reckon... yeah. I mean, I came back to do a corporate couple of corporate shows, oh. and some fundraisers and stuff. But um, yeah, but typically, you know, like I think I've even told you about this before. We don't even like to really say that we split our time because oh yeah, well, just because when that word gets out, then people don't call you for corporates or whatever. Oh okay, <laughs> you know, you're like oh. I thought you were in LA, so it's always we always just sort of um, have this veneer that we have this thin veneer that we're Minnesota um, people, but we are. I mean, we're here. This is where our house is, and we, this yeah. is kind of like our hub. So there you go, and you have a big hub there uh, with Delta Airlines, so it all works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, but we're 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 both seriously just just. It's been the busiest year, I think, for both of us. So we, we're both kind of just crisscrossing the the country. And in the summer, we were sitting down to plan out where we're going to do our Great Lakes uh, camper tour. We usually do a comedy tour that goes around the Great Lakes and it includes stops in, in places like Green Bay and Marquette, Michigan, and, and God knows where else, Traverse City, and all around the the um, just. You know, it's just like kind of our way to decompress and write new jokes and spend time together. So, and you guys made it down to Cincinnati uh, on that tour a couple summers ago, didn't you? Didn't yeah, yeah, that was a couple. You know, yeah, I think I think that was sort of like a a spoke on that tour. Yeah, that reached all the way down to Cincinnati, and uh, yeah, and usually it goes like through Chicago and then um, Milwaukee. And, and so we're we're kind of planning that uh, tour, and uh, no, dates haven't been solidified yet, but we're working on that. And that's we really look forward to that. In fact, I was out earlier, but when you were, I was going to call you before. I was I'm out looking for a new truck because we're gonna. I'm I'm tired of pulling our camper with like a four cylinder putt putt truck. I mean, like a big boy, um, you know, like a like a. Um, monster truck to start pulling this camper so i was <laughs> i was out looking at the vehicles actually so oh, there you go all right um so uh, are you uh, looking forward to the start of the uh all america football alliance or whatever the heck it's called that's starting tomorrow as, as a football <laughs> fan you know i haven't even paid attention to that is it the xfl or what is no it it's the af alliance of Football. And uh, apparently, unlike the previous attempts, uh, they're mixed up a little bit with uh, the NFL and the CFL as kind of like functioning as a developmental developmental league for both of those circuits. And so it's going to be a little different. They're not like completely taking on the NFL and rating them for talent more so they're... It's going to be more like the World League, I guess, of American football in which it's guys will play there in the spring and then if they're, you know... They got the chops. They'll wind up in the fall or in the late spring uh, in Canada or uh, in one of the training camps here in, in the U.S. Wow! Now, is it open to open tryouts? Is this something that I could get involved in personally? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know. I know the first game is tomorrow, and they've got eight eight teams. And uh, I, I probably won't buy the. Is there a, like an NFL ticket cable package you could buy for that? Uh, I, I think CBS is uh, is. Is covering it, uh, CBS Sports Network. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, you know, I figured. Um, I, I figured that Super Bowl, that last Super Bowl, kind of left me on a 
I was like, okay, I guess I'm good with football for a while. Yeah, just, right. Such a such a bad game and a bad halftime show. <laughs> it was uh. just like, I was just like, well, I guess I could, you know. Usually, I'm jonesing for football immediately after the Super Bowl, and now I'm I'm like, eh, I can take a break. So. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you follow baseball at all, or is it just football the only thing you really follow? Um, I'm a fair weather baseball fan, so if the Twins or the Brewers are in contention, because I grew up in Wisconsin as a Bob Uecker Brewers fan, Robin Yelp, Paul Molitor Brewers fan, but then I moved to Minneapolis and sort of got into the Kirby Puckett, Ken Herbert Twins uh, phase. So I kind of waffle between the two. You know, I don't like. I don't go to spring training. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really. I, you know, if, if we're in contention after the All Star game, then I'm then I'm on board. There you but go. I'm per- I guess I, I've noticed I'm the same way. I've been following the Indians pretty closely the past couple of seasons, but only because they've been good, and I followed the Cavaliers when they were good. And now that they're not, I'm you know following slightly. But same thing with the St. Louis Blues. I'm like. I haven't really watched a game at all this year because they're terrible. Yeah. And, and that, when the Browns got good this past season, my wife and I jumped right back on board and you know, Baker Mayfield and every, we were like right back in there. So it's, yeah. And, you know, George Carlin said that one time. He said, look, if they're not going to put the effort into winning, why should I put the effort into rooting for them? He was talking about his New York Giants back in the 70s. Yeah. yeah and it's, he's exactly right. I didn't even know Carlin was a football fan. Apparently, a Giants fan. Uh, from what? No way. You can pro- oh, that's you, really awesome. You can probably Google oh. that. I remember him talking about that. But I, I, I'm almost positive the Giants came up in that conversation. And he's an old New York guy, so I imagine the Giants were his team. He's not a Jets guy like Andy Kindler or any of that nonsense. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that, that nowadays I feel like if you're if you're a sports franchise and you're not winning, you're fan base competing with the internet and Netflix and Hulu and, and every other possible distraction. So it's like, you know, if your your team's losing, there's there's no incentive to watch because you, you literally have a million other forms of entertainment at your disposal. That's true. And then all kinds of, uh, not, not only that, but even within the sports world, you know, you got Major League Soccer is now you know, we have a team here in Cincinnati that draws really well, and we were discussing the other day that probably uh, put a little fire under the Reds' butts to make some moves in the off season to bring in <laughs> some names because people they're getting yeah. thirty thousand fans a game at the at the soccer match, I'm getting like ten yeah. ten down on the riverfront for the baseball team. So like they probably did the math and said, hmm, <laughs> we might need to turn this around. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for soccer and uh, I'm all for. Um, you know, I'm all for, uh, you know, we have a new soccer stadium going up here in the Twin City. That's right. Yeah, it's for the, they're called the Minnesota United. Is that right? Uh, or FC Minnesota. Everyone in the MLS is either an FC or a United. So that, uh, the one thing I do not like about soccer in this country, and that's, and I love soccer, and we, we've had some, uh, the t-shirt company I work for, we have a podcast, we've had some of the players on, and I'm like, weirdly, I don't like the fact that they're trying to Europeanize it, even though that seems to be what's 
succeeded in marketing. Yeah. So I want American names like the old, like the old Minnesota Strikers of the North American Soccer League, or you know, some of the teams did keep them, like the Portland Timbers kept the revive yeah. the name, the Vancouver Whitecaps. That's awesome. The LA Galaxy, nice name. There. Yeah. But any any of this FC football? Other, no, no. This is North yeah. America. <laughs> name your teams like North American teams. Or the Chicago Fire. Yes, stole a name from the World Football League, but I'll take it. They yeah, were they were using it. We used to have a thing up here called the Minnesota Kicks. Yeah, they um, were. Um, I don't know if they were they a USL team. I don't even know what they major were. Major indoor soccer league. Oh, that's that, right. Yeah, that, be right? that could be because we had the Cleveland Force and yeah. uh, the Pittsburgh Spirit. And oh yeah, what a what a great little league that was. There's still an, an arena league out there, uh, playing in smaller arenas around the country. But yeah, wow. But all you know, I. It wasn't really a T-shirt company. It was a. It was a. Um, well, I guess it was. It was like a sporting, you know, like a logo wear, sports wear. But it was also a T-shirt. It was in Atlanta. It was called Distant Replays. And you would go on their website and you would just type in the most obscure logo for any sports team. You know, the Minnesota Kicks or the. Yeah. You know the Atlanta or the Kansas City. No, what was the Royals? The Cincinnati Royals, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we made yeah. a, we made a discovery with that one. Uh, the the that shirt company I work for. We thought, oh, that's an abandoned logo, and then it turned out they got a cease and desist order from the Sacramento Kings because that's who the, <laughs> that's who the Cincinnati Royals are today, and they still own the logo. Yeah. Conversely, I shouldn't probably let this out because someone will probably buy it now. We'll have to spend money to get it. Conversely, the Atlanta Flames hockey team. That logo is no longer owned by the Calgary Flames, so we can make all the Atlanta Flames T-shirts we want. But uh, the Royals uh, logo and all that stuff is still owned by the NBA and by the Sacramento Kings. Wow, that's really cool. I love that stuff. I am I'm a sports. Um, to me, all the vintage sports stuff is great. And, and steering it back to comedy, I did a show yeah. with my wife uh, the other a couple weeks ago. Uh, or she was in the audience, I guess, and and I was doing um, I was doing uh, some jokes about football because I like to integrate oh, yeah. my love of sports into my act, and um, and I, so I like I like to write about my favorite athletes and sports and whatnot. And this, my, I guess my sister, and my wife, God, I don't remember it so old, but anyway, some of my family. I was a thing in Chicago with my family and they were like they were like you're the the happiest on stage when you're talking about sports and doing your sports jokes and i thought that was a really interesting observation <laughs> because you know i do like my relationship material and i do you know a little bit of current events and some yeah. politics but when like the sports stuff comes up into my act it like just gets an extra glow of excitement huh. <laughs> that was an interesting observation about Tim Arms, the state of Tim Armstrong comedy, I guess. Do you think that's because since you follow it so closely that you have kind of a, a more insight into it and that kind of just, you know, makes the jokes that much uh, more impactful and maybe people realize, oh, hey, I, I, I get what he's talking about. Even that old Dennis Miller thing, you got to play to that 10% thing sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I do feel like, like, um, I think this is, this is probably a really broad stroke observation but i feel like there are certain people in the audience that want it to be okay to like sports you know because people you know people there's this like there's so much negativity around you know especially like the nfl 
and um, you know, and uh, you know, baseball is steroids and all these things. And there's still people out there that 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 just they want it to be okay to like to be a complete sports nerd, and I feel like I'm the person that <laughs> that gives them um, gives them I don't know a little bit of um, you know. Um, I don't know what the word is, but like, it's like I give them the opportunity to feel okay to be a sports nerd and acknowledge it from both sides of, you know, how amazing it is and how stupid it is sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, like I've, always, yeah, I, oh, sorry. like I've always said, it's, you know, with sports and entertainment, the one thing about it, you know, is even if you're wrong, nobody gets hurt. It doesn't, it doesn't really impact your life in any way. <laughs> like if you're yeah, wrong about it. That also is a great thing about doing sports uh, jokes too because it, it is you're right this the, you know the stakes are high in the sense that you don't want your your team to get shit on but you're um but you're uh but the stakes are also very low because in the end it's just like you said it's just <laughs> sports and entertainment and comic books and all this stuff that really doesn't matter but distracts us exactly and but you know sadly they've managed to politicize a lot of those things you know. Oh yeah, for, exactly. That's that's kind of what I was trying to get out of my my brain before was that yeah, like there is so much politiz polit politization. Oh, what's the word there? Politization. Polit politization. Oh. Politicization. Yeah. Politicizing. Politicizing. <laughs> Politicizing. Uh, yes. Of of sports that it's um, you know, but it, you know, and it, it's the other thing too is that I, I there's for a long time I tried to try to write jokes about stuff that maybe I wasn't really invested in, but I've come to grips with the fact that I'm invested in in um, sports, and so I, I feel like I can speak to that honestly. And so are you like a, just like a Fairweather fan of like all sports like we were talking about earlier, or do you, is there, there are still some things you follow, follow more closely than others? Oh, I'm a, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Packer fan, and uh a deep, deep Packers fan, and uh, I also um, follow um, golf and uh, hockey pretty closely. Okay, I'm a Minnesota Wild fan. Oh, there you go. All right, because because yeah. you because uh, your other other choice there, of course, would be the the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah, <laughs> the Chicago Wolves. And the Chicago and the, Wolves, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I to me it, it's a blows my mind that the NHL hasn't given Milwaukee an NHL team because that would be that is the, pretty crazy. The, the ticket would sell out every game. Well, and the Admirals have been there overall. I mean, that, I think they've missed a few seasons here and there, but that that franchise has been in existence, I think, since the '60s. But then, yeah, you know, oh god, yeah, that is that is. Uh, I don't even are they an affiliate? I don't even know. Yeah, if they're they're, an they're, so, they're somebody's farm team for sure. But um, I think they were in the well. They're in the American Hockey League now. Obviously, they were the International Hockey League before that. They were they've been in several different leagues. I think since at least since the fifties and sixties. And uh, although it's a situation like maybe it's like Cleveland, where maybe they're not sure that people are going to pay major league prices to see hockey. I mean, the Cleveland AHL team now is doing well, but it you know it took we had an NHL team for two years. We went to Minnesota, coincidentally. Uh, yeah. Merged with the well, North you Stars. Know, I think with with the NHL, I think like they're all about spreading the game as far and as wide as they can, and I feel like they're also interested in TV markets. Yeah, and Seattle exactly. presents a much bigger 
marketing opportunity than um, Milwaukee. Well, but, that's, um, that's a good hockey town, too, though. They've had a lot of uh, successful minor league teams there to play for years and years. It's the places, the warm weather places that, uh, it's, uh, oddly, I was reading Bernie Kosar's book, and uh, one of my heroes as a Browns fan, and he um, was an investor, of course, in the Florida Panthers, and he was you know, yeah. saying, you know, the, well, it was kind of a move to put a team in a warm weather market, and, you know, maybe that sometimes that works and sometimes it don't, and you get more fair weather fans there than you do in the North. But there's a lot of places that, you know, I don't think hockey really belongs. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always wondered about that, and, and I get why the league does it. You know, yeah. why not try to... Why not try to, you know, get into emerging markets? Like, I think Southern California, for instance, is a no-brainer because California as a state, uh, youth hockey is really just expanding like crazy. In fact, there's a couple of players that are in the professional leagues that played high school hockey in, or that are in the NHL that played high school hockey in Orange County. You know, like, that's pretty yeah. amazing if you really think about it. And plus, you have a lot of transplants, I think, in California, and you have some in Florida and Texas, I'm sure. But I think you got a huge chunk of people in California that you know that you can get, you know, twenty thousand people to go to well to see two different teams now, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But I, I do always, I, I I don't know if you've ever been to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, but no, I gotta go. Ever, gotta go it is just truly when we're we're talking about these vintage jerseys and stuff it's like a, it is like a uh, mecca for just the, the art direction and the design of a you know of hockey from the from the very start it's just such a fascinating and cool thing it's right downtown in toronto yeah i think it's by where the old maple leaf gardens is if i recall yep, yep there we go I don't know why my buddy and I didn't go there. We used to go to Toronto to go record shopping all the time, and we were big hockey fans. I, it, it just not occur to us to go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Yeah, there's yeah, a, do it next time. Well, Toronto's such a great city. That's where my oh, mom yeah. is from. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah, uh, I love Toronto. Yeah, I haven't been there oh, in ages. Great town. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, I remember there's a Tim Hortons across the street from the old Maple Leaf Gardens. I don't know if it's still there, but I remember that. That's the first Tim Hortons <laughs> I ever ate at. I think there's one on every, every block, yeah, every, in, yeah, every corner. Yeah, right That's off, awesome. right off Yonge Street, um, where the where the old arena is. Yeah, cool. Well, great, man. It was another great chat, and um, we'll uh, hopefully again see you, you, you and your your lovely bride down here in Cincinnati. I know she was here separate. Oh no, you you both came down uh, separate from the, I think the uh, RV tour. But hopefully we'll see you again with the RV tour uh, this summer as well. Maybe you can spoke it on down to uh, Cincinnati again. Yeah, yeah, we love it down there. We love Mikey and we love that club and it's um it's definitely on our on our radar. We'd love to get back there and um have some chili. Awesome. Get together, talk some football. All yeah. Right. Great. It'd be fun. Well terrific man, say hello to your wife for me and uh we'll talk to you later. Alright, thanks. Thanks, you Tim. Lot. Bye. Thanks again to Tim Harmston for being on the show. You can catch Tim, let's see here, coming up 
February 14th, Jack Pine Brewery in Baxter, Minnesota. Improv Lab in Los Angeles, March 19th. Uh, the Barclay in Pasadena, March 28th. Just go to timharmston.com for all of your Tim Harmston needs. And again, he'll be doing that tour, uh, I reckon, in the summer uh, with uh, his lovely wife, Mary Mack. Uh, that's always a fun time. They go uh, mostly around the Midwest Great Lakes, but they, like I said, they shoot down to Cincinnati, uh, to our neck of the woods. So if you're, maybe if you're in Indianapolis or Cleveland or some, well, Cleveland is on the Great Lakes, but if you're somewhere that's Great Lakes adjacent, you may be able to catch their show as well. All right, usual plugs, check, check, hey, blog, Nearly Lies uh, uh, video channel on YouTube, nothing new to report there, but hopefully soon. They're both getting really good grades, so again, I prefer them getting good grades and goofing around writing blog posts and making videos. Okay, uh, song of the week comes to us from The Voids. The Voids, I, these guys slipped right under my radar, and I have no idea how. Uh, Voids, as many of you may probably know, is Julian Casablancas from, uh, the, uh, from The Strokes. And they made an album back in 2013, completely missed it, uh, released an album last year uh, as well, and I only found this, well, in two different ways, uh, comedian comedy writer Gary Lucy uh, posted one of their songs as one of his best of 2018s, and then similarly, our friends Rock Solid, uh, Kyle, the producer, uh, he also picked one of the songs by The Voids. Uh, as being one of his top songs of the year. I forget which one he... Oh, Permanent High School is the one he picked. Uh, Leave It In My Dreams is the one Gary Lucy picked. That's the song we're going to do for Song of the Week here. And uh, boy, I'm glad I discovered this. I got two nice albums to go back through. Uh, very Strokes-ish, and once you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But doesn't sound exactly like The Strokes. So you can definitely hear uh, Julian Casablancas' influence on it, but is not a carbon copy of his previous group. And uh, this is Leave It In My Dreams. I'm digging this tune a lot. And uh, it's one of those deals of course, where you know you find a song from the previous year that you're like, oh, I must have missed that, and glad somebody found it for me. So here is our song of the week from The Voids, formerly Julian Castaplancus and The Voids, now just The Voids. Leave it in my dreams. Our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.